previously on the Hauntsville Cryptcast. This week we're going to be talking about one of my favorite subjects in the world, woman in horror. So she did that with her amputated leg and... Like she brought the leg with her? They let you keep it! So that, that's my, my segment of the woman behind John Carpenter. That was great. <laughs> but that has led us into the 80s. Didn't they start making movies in the 80s? No, they stopped making movies after the 80s. Everything after <laughs> has been a remake. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about a very important cartoonist from the 80s, Alison Bechdel. She created a comic in uh, 1985 that uh, really kind of trashed movies and how they have this inability to portray competent female characters and that is where we get the Bechdel test from oh I was like I know that name but I'm like I'm not gonna say anything because it'll make myself sound like a fucking asshole (laughs) that test is that in order for a film to pass very simple two named women have to talk about something other than a man let me tell you how many films don't pass this fucking test Let me tell you, The Chilling Tales of Sabrina, for all of its female power and its diversive cast, in the last two seasons, I haven't watched the most recent one, not an episode passes that test. Some say that in order to pass the test, it has to be for a number of lines. I've heard five lines or five minutes. But even if we're keeping it on the loosest terms of this test. Yeah. So, writers, directors, step the fuck up. Boys aren't even that interesting. Holy shit. Men are awful. <laughs> Fun fact also, Anna, the exorcist passes that test. Oh, good. Of course it does. Because it's absolutely fucking perfect. Yep. It is the most perfect film in the whole existence of his cinema. When would they have any time to talk about boys anyway? <laughs> so it's it's difficult. If you're counting Captain Howdy as a male presence. Oh, oh boo. It gets hard. Boo on you. But if you're not counting spirits, then. I mean, either way, it passes because a lot of the opening is the mother and daughter discussing their livelihood and just survival. But then even after, it gets a little trickier because, again, whether or not we're going to count that spiritual presence. Well, there's nothing to say that Captain Howdy is necessarily male. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Oh, and here I am. I was like, definitely a dude. I was like, oh, wait, women can be captains. Yeah. Oh. And Howdy's. Plus, demons in general kind of a genderless in my eyes. As it should be. Yeah. Yeah, and Baphomet's rockin' tits have nothing to do with it. <laughs> so, that's my big 80s. <laughs> uh, I cannot stress enough. I watch for films that pass this test. I'm a stickler for films and TV that pass this test. I was about to say, let's make a drinking game of it. Let's not, because we no, will die. We'll <laughs> I also don't drink anymore, so that, that's that. I'm going to make a big stink about it, and I now hate everybody that does drink. Sorry. I don't make the rules. Okay, are we already done with the 80s? I thought we were going to be there forever. I have one! I have one! I live there. Okay, cool. (laughs) I live there. I live in the 80s, come on. I want to talk about Mary Lambert, because she's fucking awesome. She uh, is a film director. She worked on a ton of, like, awesome music videos that I didn't... After, like, reading about her filmography, and then, like, oh... These music videos that she directed are also dope. Like, she did, uh, like, a Virgin Material Girl uh, stuff for The Go-Go's with Whitney Houston. They did, uh, she did, like, a prayer. 
but she directed uh, Pet Cemetery, Pet Cemetery 2, and in 2011, Megapython vs. Gatoroid. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it's not great. <laughs> In our in our Pet Cemetery episode, I fucking we rave about the original Pet Cemetery, and I kind of knocked the second one a little bit, but that's not her fault. She didn't write it. But excellent, excellent director has a really, really awesome history before, during, and after, and she's so well rounded beyond horror as a genre. She is just overall an excellent director, and I think she deserves my my pick for the eighties praise. Not that a woman in horror needs my approval. That kind of leads me on to another one that I just remembered I kind of want to put out there. Like saying, like, well-rounded, not just a yeah. horror director. Um, Catherine Bigelow, who directed Near Dark. So Near Dark is... Actually, my friend Jamie at Vegan Horror put it really well recently. He popped by saying that Near Dark is one of the most underrated vampire films of all time. And it's completely true. Quick side note there. If you haven't checked out Vegan Horror, please check out Vegan Horror. It's one of the best horror clothes designers right now. And I'm obsessed with his t-shirts. And Jamie's like the nicest guy ever. So, Oh yeah, um, I'm dying for one of those. While I'm on this, then I'm just going <laughs> to plug Vegan Horror. That's where my Thing shirt comes from. And the temptation to buy every single thing that he makes is, is unreal. So please check them out. But yeah, <laughs> so Near Dark is just one of the best vampire films out there it's it's just incredible um and the way that it's shot has so much to do with that so the direction that Catherine Bigelow did was absolutely incredible I mean she's done a lot of stuff like Point Break which is an incredible film Strange Days and she won the Academy Award for Best Director in 2010 with The Hurt Locker she also won the Directors Guild of America Award for Outstanding Directorial Achievement in Motion Pictures and she was the first person to win the first woman ever to win that award really well-rounded in so many different genres but Catherine Bigelow was an outstanding director like the way that Near Dark is shot has so much to do with why it's such a beautiful film Anyone got anyone from the 90s? The 90s was a weird time for horror. I could talk about, oh, this is going to sound real bad because her name just went away from me. Sydney Prescott in fucking Scream. Her name got away from me because you never pronounce it right. Excuse me, <laughs> Nev Campbell. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, again, uh, we, we, we touched on Nev Campbell a bit, a lot, actually, in our Scream Queens and Final Girls episode. I think she kind of like, picked up where people like Jamie Lee Curtis left off and just like ran the final girl circuit throughout the the 90s and into the early 2000s with uh through the scream franchise i think slashers were were huge in the 90s and those are i think i think those are my favorite slashers of the 90s like i love like when the villains are like a monster or like a ghost or something but like having like a reveal of like a guy is so much scarier and a lot so of fun. So very Scooby Doo. Yeah, it's very it's very Scooby Doo. Dude in a mask. So like I I really appreciate her work. I think she's a phenomenal actor. Check out our, our Scream Queens episode if you want to hear more about her. She's also really engaging with fans, which I appreciate because yeah, she's involved in the community, which is awesome. Anyone who stays in and appreciates the horror community, even if they're really famous in everything else, uh, I really appreciate those people for realizing what a big influence they've had on the community Anthony, do you not care about the 90s at all not really that's that that's us baby we got that shit when did suspiria come out i mean the original so the original suspiria or the original original suspiria (laughs) 77 yeah we missed it by a little bit 
Were you trying to wedge it into the 90s? No, I just realized I had some like honorable mentions that I completely forgot for two decades. What do you think this is, Watch Mojo? <laughs> well, I mean, Suspiria uh, as uh, a concept goes all the way back to the 1800s. So we missed it by both 20 years and also a couple hundred. <laughs> well, no, I was just, I was just going to, as one of my honorable mentions, I was going to say uh, Daria Nicolodi, who's an Italian actress. She was in Inferno and Shock. But she also helped Dario Argento write Suspiria and Inferno. So just like an honorable mention for being involved in the writing process, as well as acting in the movies as well. Well-deserved honorable mention. Yeah. My other honorable mention goes for uh, Anne H. Ahrens, who was the set decorator for Nightmare on Elm Street, House, Critters, and The Blob. If you think about those sets and the way that they were put together, like the feel of those movies wouldn't be the same without those little pieces. Yeah, you you feel like you're in a movie. If that if that makes sense, the way that it's designed in in such a way that like they're very clearly a movie set, but they're tailored in such a perfect way for the scene that it's just like, ooh, like this is exactly where I would expect this to be happening. Like she does such a good job. Oh my god, I'm like thinking about this now. In um, House, there's like a little Jason Voorhees toy. Yeah. And apparently she just wanted to put that in there because she like that was one of her favorite movies. So she was just like, I'm just going to put a little Jason toy in here. And she like purposely went out to try and make sure that she was set decorated for horror films. So she obviously had like a complete appreciation for the genre. And I feel like until I found out about her, I hadn't really thought of like little jobs like that on set. Like, you don't hear of famous set decorators. So I just feel like the fact that there is a woman in horror backstage not getting any recognition, really, for doing all of these amazing things, like, that that's a, that's someone who deserves a shout-out. Yeah, like, that's why we're here. That's why we're doing this. Like, I, I want to be able to shine the light on those kinds of people. Yeah, because we, we could be sitting here talking about Jamie Lee Curtis and Elvira Ooh. and, like, <laughs> all these people that everyone knows. The temptation to talk about Linnea Quigley was very strong, but we've already done our Scream Queen episode and yeah, Final Girl episode. About her. We love her. <laughs> yeah. That's just it, though. It's about how women come from every background to make this genre. This genre would not exist without the women behind it. We've gone through set designers, we've gone through writers, directors, actors, actresses, novelists. None of this would exist without all that work behind it. So I think we're up to the, the current day. Oh, the 2000s. If we're going by decade, then we have to do 2000s. I forgot about the 2000s. I just always go from 90s to now. Well, there's some um, good stuff in there. There's a, a documentary. Uh, did you guys watch it? Pretty Bloody, The Women of Horror. Uh, it's it's very good. It's got a, a couple people that I will talk about in the the current decade segment. But it was it was really cool. Just like you, the talk about, it's mostly interviews with uh actors and directors but they also have writers and female critics and female horror academics which i think is very interesting but if you get a chance to check that out oh th- that should have been my recommendation but oh whatever <laughs> but it was it was really cool to to see that and like uh they they talked to uh mary lambert in it and it was just like that's what got me to to talk about her today so i thought it was really interesting but a little hometown hero for you anna uh naomi harris who was in 28 Days Later. She is 
such a great actor. That was, I think, the only horror film that she was ever in. But she's done, other people may know her, if she was um, Tia Dalma in Pirates of the Caribbean. She was Money Penny in the 2012 James Bond movie. But I, I want to draw attention to the fact that she was um, in the stage play adaptation of Frankenstein. And she was also in a stage adaptation of The Witch of Edmonton, which is such a cool story about like a devil dog. If, if I'm remembering correctly, it's like Satan in the form of like a dog. And not the Drake's or Hostess cake? Fuck off. <laughs> Those are confectionery treats that we have here in the United States, Anna. So I know you love your sweets. I just wanted to give credit to uh, another woman of color in horror that is well-rounded and well-versed in things beyond just horror cinema with her stage performances and also these other film performances. So, you know, big ups to her. I don't know, horror got weird for the 90s, 2000s, but the 2010s, that is where my, like, everything I love came to light. Yeah, it gets, like, a little more finessed. Like, they were almost sort of, like, building to this big boom in, I think, representation. Three of my favorite authors and three of my favorite stories got three damn near perfect adaptations in the 2010s. Susan Hill's Woman in Black. V.C. Andrews' Flower in, Flowers in the Attic, and Shirley Jackson's We Have Always Lived in the Castle. Holy shit, domestic horror, female writers for the original stories, and the adaptations were spot on. And each of those stories represent really strong female characters as well. Yeah, definitely in terms of growth for Flowers in the Attic. Yeah. I mean, to be, to be fair, she was the daughter, definitely a strong female character. Yes. We Have Always Lived in the Castle... What is her name? The character is Mary Cat. That's a, a, a very strong female. Uh, yeah. <laughs> is she a witch? Is she crazy? You gotta watch the movie to find out. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, it wasn't Netflix that produced it. It was independently produced, really. And that's why it was great. It went through the festival circuit before they landed their streaming deals with, I think it's still on Netflix. I'm pretty sure it's on Amazon. The 2010s, we also got the Soska sisters... Uh, American Mary that was birthed out of their sheer hatred for the fact that there is not female representation in horror so American Mary fitting a lead female character also definitely passes the Bechdel test so I think that's awesome I support what they're doing they just took on David Cronenberg's Rabbit as a remake uh, while more about original content and where you know wait did that come out I think it's coming out oh man because if i, I haven't been following been upset. it closely but i'm also like i'm on that point of like boycott remakes but also support women in horror but like but i'm also a cronenberg guy so i'm kind of stoked yeah if it's gross i'm in american mary got like real big press as soon as it came out this cronenberg rabid remake has been all over they've done stuff in graphic novel form in the last couple years hey guys quick editing note So at this point, Anthony and Anna got way off track and talked for about five minutes that I just had to edit out. I left in the point where they become self-aware again because I thought it was kind of funny. So back to the episode. We need to end this point and probably just edit out this time. I'm gonna. I made the decision (laughs) about four minutes ago. (laughs) I didn't want to say it, though, because I was like, maybe they'll get to something. We didn't. Nope. (laughs) The thing about the... 
what what's the the decade after the early 2000s the 2010s that i hate that but like what else are you gonna call it some some other fucking thing the tensies the teens no because they're not even that no because 2010 2011 2012 aren't teens this is fucking awful the (laughs) pre-teens within the last decade like i was saying before there's been a sort of shift in the representation of women like a very strong upward curve empowering films just i want to like shoot off a couple real quick uh whereas they they take a sort of uh, a genre shift and run with it in different ways whereas so a lot of these are about finding empowerment in in different ways where like the witch is about finding sort of embracing the darkness within oneself and finding a stronger version of yourself where she joins the people that destroyed her family in the first place where the babadook is about a woman who is facing her inner demons and learning how to grieve in her own sort of way and finding her strength that way we we talked about us for a while where there's a a very fun dynamic of rebellion and, and confrontation with the tethered there's a sort of like emphasis on women being able to like when they they start fighting back there's that like empowerment of like oh i'm I'm doing this for for me and for my family uh even up until uh last year with midsummer which i know but it becomes a, a revenge story by the end of it where she is finding sort of this comfort in the community of women around her and being able to take vengeance upon somebody who personally scorned her which i think is it's very cool finding things within yourself and around you to empower you as a woman which i think is the sort of trend that these a lot of these movies are following but have either of you seen xx or double x the anthology movie yes i haven't (laughs) anna you you seem hesitant i i love the fact that it's all female directors who really 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 do which is why i was so excited when i saw it my favorite part about it is the little stop motion features in between but the actual movies themselves, I personally, I really didn't enjoy any of them. Really? Yeah, I... What was the one with the box as well? I remember screaming at the TV, what's in the box, afterwards, and I never got a resolution. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> first I was doing it as a joke, but then I was like, seriously, that's how you're going to end it? I don't know, it wasn't that they were really bad, but I just, I wasn't inspired by any of them, I guess. So that was that's interesting that you would pick that one out specifically because I wanted to talk about for a second. Uh, that was directed by Jovanka Vukovic, I think is how you pronounce that. In addition to being a a writer and filmmaker, director of that segment, she was also the editor in chief of uh, Rumorg for six and a half years. So she was like in charge of the magazine. So just like this sort of i guess sort of indie flick has some real heavy hitters involved with it which i think is awesome just a couple of the names involved karen kusama who also did jennifer's body anthony as you mentioned saint vincent the musician directed a segment if you guys are familiar i I like her music i don't know rachel talalay who also she produced and directed the final nightmare she did the the 95 tank girl which i fucking adore i love that movie yeah like it or not, it's just Double uh, X as a film was a, a cool way to bring all of these like really awesome women together and have their names on one singular project. It's such a, an interesting group of people at, at the very least. Yeah, I mean, Remorg magazine is actually, it has been for a while, really heavily backed by women, which I've always loved about it. So the current editor, Andrea Subastati. We all suck at this. <laughs> she's the current editor and she's 
doing an amazing job with the magazine. I completely forget some of their names, so I, I did not research this. You just brought up Rumorg, and I just realized that they've always been heavily backed by women. Um, oh, yeah. But there's a lot of female writers. There is, like, their operations manager is a female. Yeah, they've just got a lot of women on their staff, which is great to see, because you don't see that even with magazines that often. Rumorg is also where uh, Casey's column is, right? Yeah, so, I mean, Homicidal Homemaker is amazing and another totally wild end of the horror spectrum with adding horror and cooking together you snatched it away from me i was gonna drop name drop her at the end <laughs> and also she did it first for every single yeah. homicidal homemaker wannabe out there i've spotted two more this year i get that people want to do cooking and horror at the same time but please don't try and emulate what casey does because she is the og and she does it best <laughs> still and that goes for that christine mcconnell person on netflix whatever her name is yeah. don't try and steal casey's gig uh, i do want to bring up a couple of awesome mold breaking writer directors in uh the 2010s because we can't think of a better thing to call this decade. Yeah, I'm sure if somebody thought it, we're all sick, so I don't know. Yeah, blast them off. Because, Dozy, you mentioned The Babadook, which okay. is so much one of my favorite movies. It ties into all those things that I love about Flowers in the Attic, We Have Always Lived in the Castle, uh, Woman in Black. The Babadook follows suit with all that. So Jennifer Kent, I think, brought that trend back. I think if she didn't have the success that The Babadook had, we wouldn't have gotten all those other films that I absolutely adore now. She's also one of like my go-to inspirations with this stuff because The Babadook started off as a short film that she was just super passionate about and kept pushing and pushing and pushing until it was this amazing feature. On the note of shorts becoming features, in the 2010s we also got Cargo, which oh is my God. one of the best zombie films I've ever seen. Written and directed by, again, I'm going to butcher her last name here, Yolanda Ramke? Ram? I, I thought it was Ramke. But yeah, no, she, she's down it. on my list. R-A-M-K-E? Ramp. So like somewhere between what I said and what Anna said. But it was another short film written and directed by her. Pushed it. It became a feature. And it's easily one of the best zombie films that's ever been made. That was my favorite short film for a long time. And when I saw that it was done with fucking... Martin Freeman. Mar I almost said Martin Lawrence. <laughs> with Martin Freeman. Unbelievable. And uh, Doza, I know you're... Up on this next one with me, Raw. 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 Done by Julia DeCarnell. Julia DeCarnell. Sure. Yeah, I'm fucking nailing that one. I practice um, it all day. Oh my god, it fits all the, like, gross outs of horror, but, like, real strong female character with, like, a crazy growth cycle. It's a coming-of-age story, which I love in horror in the most wonderful disgusting and horrifying way it's absolutely excellent but she she wrote and directed it won i think eight awards for it deserved yeah very very much so those are those are my big ones for the 2010s and i mean if you guys have anything else for the 2010s like go Did for you guys it see a quiet place Did. hell yeah the second one's coming out somehow um so i was just gonna say that like that's someone i really want to keep an eye on uh charlotte Bruce Christensen, cinematographer for A Quiet Place. Obviously, aesthetically beautiful film. Yeah. If that's what she can do, then, like, I really want to see what else comes out. 
And you guys have watched Girl Walks Home Alone at night, right? I can't wait for you to watch this, Anna. I haven't seen it yet, and I've been trying to track it down, and I only just found out it's on Shudder, because we just got a Shudder account for our Valentine's presents for each other. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Because we couldn't think of anything else yet. (laughs) I definitely think having a Shudder account, especially between us, Anna, is good for the distance, because... You're in England, I'm here, and what we do together is we watch movies. Yeah, and it took three of us to make $6 a month. <laughs> Thanks for making it all possible, those. <laughs> but yeah, I only just found out it was on Shudder, because Shudder does have a system that I'm not used to yet, in the way that they display their movies, and if you press well, search like and type it in, it doesn't come up, but somehow it's on there, so I couldn't find it, and yeah, so that's why I haven't watched it, but uh, I will be watching it very soon but i've heard the best things about it oh i'm so excited for you let us know i'm glad you brought that up because beautiful film great character female written and directed i think it's the same writer and director right i believe so i i literally just closed that tab (laughs) and she's an iranian filmmaker which is really cool because there are not many of those women are still not seen very much in media especially so I think that's it's an amazing thing for her to accomplish. We also have to wrap this up because I can't possibly talk anymore. I'm so stuffy. Okay. We're also going way long. Yeah. But we do have a lot to cut out, though. And we'll see when I get into the editing room, which is also where I sleep because my bed is in there. It's um, my bedroom. <laughs> before we wrap, I not Please. to keep <laughs> harping on the fact that we hosted a horror film festival. We did a whole episode about it. Harp. Harp if you have to. I was going to ask all of their names. We took eight out of 22 of our films, which is nearly half female written and directed. Oh, wait, I think it might be nine because Lindsay Serrano wrote, directed two of the films that are on this list here, Beneath and Misunderstood Monster. Hannah Anderson with Hu Ying absolutely broke the mold with this kung fu horror, almost comic book style film. Tatiana Wisniewski with Fresh, so one of the best vampire films that's been made in its original. That's the big thing there. Emily DeNova, Wet Paint. Uh, that was like a mind fuck. Melissa DeLeon did Paralysis. Erica Stockwell Alpert, Firstborn, which had us all cracking up. And Rebecca Martin was the writer on Ratatat, which had one of our best scares of the night. So like, so awesome that the independent horror scene is just this place where these female writers, directors, actresses like yeah, can all absolutely flourish. And honestly, based on this list I have here from our festival, sweep the competition. That was the last thing I had on my list was to talk about the woman that we showcased in the festival. Yeah, I mean, if you can follow these filmmakers, you will not be disappointed in the content they're producing. With that, do you guys want your fear of the day? I would love it, please. Your fear of the I'm day. I'm so sick. Is... So thirsty for fear. Hang on, I just had it. Oh my god. Don't fucking tease me like that. I need another win. I know, I'm gonna let you go first this time. You're 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 the reigning champ. No, you're the champ. Because you you've had two, and I've guessed one. Ah, here we are. Venistrophobia. Fear of women. It is. Yes! <laughs> what the fuck is that? Is that a fear? Wow. Fear of women with venistrophobia. Good shit. I don't even have to play anymore. Anna, you're killing these. 
You guys are two for two now. Oh, shit. You guys are tied. I don't like that. <laughs> you don't like equality all of a sudden? No, it, I mean, I now there's this pressure on me to step up my game. You guys better start studying that book of phobia. It's hard for me because I'm not afraid of anything. I'm going to real quick because Doza already mentioned mine. Jennifer's body. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot why you had mentioned it. It's all good because I didn't mention it in the episode. I mentioned it because Diablo Cody absolutely crushed it with Jennifer's body and it's super underrated. What's it about? Uh, It's got one of my favorite subject matters, satanic cults, and it's a coming-of-age story about a girl who's coming into her sexuality, which is expressed through demonic possession. Oh, shit. Hate when that happens. My recommendation is one that I watched really recently, which, like, is the first time this has ever happened in Hortsville history. My recommendation is from the last, like, five years. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So my recommendation is Tigers Are Not Afraid, or, uh, Spanish version of it is Spielman? Sure. I don't know. How do you pronounce it? I don't know. Oh, okay. Well, it's on Shudder at the moment, if you have Shudder. It was the first thing that I watched when I got on there. I just, usually before I watch a film, I think, I mean, I'm going to watch this together, or should I save this for when, like, we have a podcast day of watching films. But as soon as I saw that up there, like, nothing went through my mind apart from I've wanted to watch this since I first saw the trailer. I got really excited. And it's so beautiful, but devastating, based around the Mexican drug wars. Oh, well then. Thank you. I, I was like, why do I... This sounds familiar. It's It means the return in Espanol. So this girl's mother's taken by a human trafficking gang. So she joins up with this group of boys who have also lost their families to gangs. And it's almost Pan's Labyrinth-esque in the way that it's done. Like the way that childhood trauma is kind of shown with these fantasy elements. It's just so beautifully done. But um, it's directed by Isa Lopez. And both Stephen King and Del Toro basically acclaimed this film and her work. Um, and Del Toro enjoyed it so much that he's actually offered to produce Lopez's next two films. Wow. Um, he wants, he said that he wants to be involved with her as a director. And that's like the highest form of praise that you can get for Del Toro to just be like, Hey, can I produce your movies? Yeah. Like we were talking about on our festival episode, like, Hey, let me give you some money. We'll, we'll make a movie. That's sick. Not when you say it like that. Uh, uh... <laughs> You're killing me, dude. <laughs> Have that backing out of your first film is just, it's crazy, but it's an absolutely beautiful film. Definitely watch it, but be prepared for the fact that it is very sad and very realistic content. Cool. So I watched Soulmate from 2013. Uh, it's a British horror film, a uh, female director. Uh, it's about a woman whose husband commits suicide and to grieve she like runs away to a house in the countryside and she slowly learns that the house is haunted by one of the previous inhabitants that also committed suicide in the house and it's kind of like it's very beautiful it sort of takes her on this sort of journey of of grievance and i i can't recommend it enough so that's soulmate and it's british you didn't see a lot of british horror films anymore I know. I talked about two of them today. Yeah. Hammer. <laughs> I said any more. That's what I'm saying. I'm calling Hammer out. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because they, they, they have the opportunity to and they just don't. I don't know. Well, 
if that's everything. Yeah, Anthony, get us the fuck out of here. I need a cup of tea. Thank you guys for tuning into the Hauntsville Cryptcast. I'm Anthony. I'm Doza. I'm Anna. Happy hauntings. See you in hell. I feel like shit. Anthony, do another clap for me.